Hey, geeks and gamers. Welcome to the Mythicast, the podcast sponsored by Mythico Studios, right here in downtown Randolph, across the street from Sakasana. I almost said Sakasana inadvertently. I am Father Time, your host, and with me as always, my good buddy and the tip of the spear, Lord Mortis. What's up, Father Time? Uh, You know, just living the dream. Your grandkids are going to be one year old tomorrow. Is that right? Saturday. 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 Oh, yeah. wow. How exciting. I know. Wow. Big That's party. big time. Big party. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Except, you know, family descending upon my home. Well, speaking of one-year-olds, who else do we have with us? <laughs> <laughs> the Sooch. Yay! <laughs> it's your birthday, Sooch. When is your birthday, Sooch? Uh, September 27th. Uh, still a long Close. ways to go. Yeah, <laughs> dude, September is right around the corner. Because before you know it, we're in Gen Con. September is after Gen Con. I know that'll be mind blowing. It'll be mind blowing. A lot of people going to Gen Con. Yeah, from the Mythic oh, America's yeah. team. Oh yeah, Big Mike's joining the team. Yeah, Woo! Big Mike. Yay! You have to clap louder. Than I'm gonna clap. I was gonna say it was my dad's birthday yesterday, and he disappeared. He pulled a disappearing act before he even woke up, so I had to text him. <laughs> Happy birthday! He's texting me back. Thanks. Did you play golf? <laughs> I have no idea. Oh. I don't ask questions. <laughs> my cigar went out, and I don't have a lighter. Oh, I'm a biscuit. Oh, we don't have anything here. Uh, we do. We can send Suits over to the to get classroom. the matches from the classroom. Yeah. Matches? Where are they? They're right on, on the, the table, table in front of the, the teacher's uh, All right, desk. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So much. You're suit. a good man, Suge. You are. No matter what we say. No, we don't say anything bad about the Suge. No, we don't. That's the Suge leaving the room. That's me looking for a cigar. Ooh, nice. I don't know. Ooh, nice. Big one. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. So this is, you know what? This is episode nine zero, Bubba. Wow. Nine you know, zero. We're gonna be at episode hundred before you know it. In ten episodes. <laughs> That's before you know it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is probably maybe our next to last episode before we go to Gen Con. Yeah, I think we'll get one more in. We might squeeze one more in. Yeah, yeah. Um, squeeze one more out. Yeah, one more out in. Put it in the can. Whatever it is. Uh, yeah. So today we're gonna go through the news. We're gonna do our usual, you know, nonsense, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna get into weapons. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, baby, we're organized today. Mm. Not so much. Yeah. It's a thousand degrees outside. Oh my god, it's horrible. Yesterday was the hottest day on the planet in recorded history. Apparently, I mowed my lawn yesterday. Me too. Me and too. Just drenched. I know. I, I came love in. It. I was so gross. I know. My wife thinks I'm crazy. I love this weather. I do kind of like it too. Oh, I don't dude, mind awesome. sweating, but uh, yeah. it's still foul. And then I mowed my other lawn today. Oh, you did? So yeah. The back or the front, the, the sides? Back, the yeah. Back. I had to, it had to look good for the birthday party, you know? Nice job. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to mow the back now because not as much dog poo. Oh, <laughs> no more landmines. <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor puppy. Uh, I know, I know. I lost a dog uh, last week. What was the dog's name? Astro. Oh, yeah, that's right. Rip poor. Astro. Rip. Uh, poor Astro. But he was an old man, he right? Was old. He was an old dog. He yeah, had a good life. He old. had a good he did life. Have a good life. I did get to meet Astro a couple of times. And he was a good pup. Yeah. And he was uh, he was pretty happy until the end. Yeah. So uh, that's all I ask for. You know? Yeah, that's all you can. I mean, you give him a good life. So that's a, you're a good man. Good man, Charlie Brown. Thank you. Obviously, Sooch can't find the matches. No, Sooch <sighs> is running around right now. But um, 
what else do we have going on? The studio is a bit upside down just because uh, it's summertime and gaming is out of control at it the is. studio right now. In a great way. In a great way. In a great way. Every yeah. night it's packed, mm-hmm. um, uh, which is awesome. There's uh, Dan the Man is back uh, to play with his Inuit, uh, which is great because he was uh, out uh, not feeling well for a long, long time. Yeah. So it's good to have him back. Yep. And uh, he's got a fully painted Inuit army. Uh, you know, I am sure Chase is going to come back with his uh, tribal nations. His I tribal nations, yeah. almost all, all wolf army, uh, <laughs> a force. So the games of mythic earth are picking up too. I mean, I it's just it's crazy in there. Yeah, it's great. Last night we were uh, playing forty k. Oh, you try? You give it a go? <laughs> yes, yeah. we did. I was playing with uh, Evil, and uh, we had a blast. We yeah. really did. Have you like fun. the new rules? Yeah, they're okay. Okay, because yeah, they yeah. tried to simplify the least, at least the army construction. Yeah, I, I think it's honestly is super, uh, very much like AOS. It yeah. really is yeah. a lot like AOS, except it's just like monster shooting and space marines are so broken. Are they? <laughs> but other than that, it's it, we had fun. Yeah, we had a good time. We had yeah, good time. I mean, we were we were screwing up rules and just letting it slide just to kind of work yeah. our way through you it. Should I mean, there's some of these. I mean, there's there are a lot of rules when you when you still think about it, but it's because they're all in the. In I guess the, in the armies, army. yeah, yeah. In, the, in the cards, and the uh, it was crowded though. There were a lot of players last night. Yeah, so I mean that's that's going on, and then Shatterpoint release. So we've been playing Shatterpoint and Incursion uh, for Mythic Earth. Incursion, I mean, yeah. yep. Now it's it's freaking fantastic. It's so it's so good to see the studio just jam packed all the time now. Um, and Russ was by. Yeah, Saturday. yeah, Russ, yay, hey. Russ. Russ uh, got some of the new dice that we're bringing to Gen Con. He got them before anyone else on the planet. Nice. Uh, they actually look really good. Um, I saw that Nick was um, the humble CEO uh, had put had sent some uh, the final designs for the other forces. So all the new dice will be uh, be good to go. The new the last of the new packaging materials are uh, in process. So we should be. Well, we're going to cut it as close, but we should be in good shape for uh, Gen Con. What was my number? 31,000 models? All N- more, actually. More. Because a huge number yeah, of models. Just an enormous amount of models. That we have and will have at Gen Con. That's a lot of models. Yeah. No, it's impressive. I've seen the uh, production Maybe side Maybe it was 13,000 models. Uh, 31 oh, seems absurd. No, 31 is the number that you said. Was it? Yeah. They had all the guys freaking out. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, but it's not like... They're they're made or they're they're being made as we yeah. speak. So yeah. we'll have them. It's a lot of models, man. Yeah, it is for a little company like us. That's a big investment. What we've done in the past uh, in the past few months. It's really been a process, uh, a project that started in March, February, March. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. But uh, it's freaking awesome to see it though. Stacks yeah. and stacks of Mythic Earth and Mythic America's models. Um. Uh, you know the i think everything i don't know how much we're trying really 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 hard to uh get the chachapoya started maybe uh but we're still a couple of units short on the taino yeah that's a little disappointing we'll have you know all the humans but um yeah i think we won't be able i don't think we'll come in with the the final designs i don't want to also bring anything that's not finally approved no, you know no i don't know especially from a production point of view cuz most people forget or maybe don't even realize once you have a design on paper you send that out uh to one of the sculptors 
And if they come back as something that's not easy to produce, it's got to go back, yeah, right? Right. Um, and that they, there's just a you know, physics gets involved and all kinds of stuff and mm-hmm. what can be done and can't be done in the materials that we're using. So um, maybe we'll bring some of the missing units, but we'll at least have all of the humanoid sized figures uh, there, mm-hmm. which would mm-hmm. be great. And we should have some nice samples from the RPG to be showing off. Yeah. That's exciting. Definitely. Yeah, I was working with the humble CEO on that. So. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I talked to him today. He's in really good shape. He's like excited about all the stuff he's doing. So, no, oh, it's good, man. Um, uh, all right. So let's get into general gaming news. Suj, are you prepared, or are you news. just going to open up no, some I am website? Prepared. Okay, you are. Uh, there, there's actually a lot going on, and I'm going to talk about Epic for like 45 minutes. So. Oh no, <laughs> you, you, you have you're, you're four try minutes. and yeah. talk about Epic for yeah. about a minute. <laughs> all right, so, let's talk about Epic first. Then all right, out of the way. So, Epic what, is coming back. What, by Epic, you mean one? Epic what, what, 40K. It is going to be, I believe now, 10 millimeters. What's it called? It is called Legion Imperialis. Okay. That is the new right. name for it. You because know, somehow, yes. Such is enamored with the teeniest of models. Because they're fun. You get to do a huge battle and keep the same table size. Mm. Mm. And you can paint a whole platoon of guys real quick. I go over there, you know, he's playing with Jason. and, and, and <laughs> We're playing full-spectrum dominance. Itty-bitty models. <laughs> and I'm like, he loves it. They're he, fun. I like them. They're fun. They're cheaper and they're easier to paint. And is that the same scale as Battletech? Uh, uh, no, it's actually going to be larger. Uh, Legion's Imperialis is going to be a larger scale than Battletech. Battletech is 6. This is going to be 10. And we were playing full-spectrum dominance, which is also 6. Yeah. But um, there's there's a whole bunch of micro-scale stuff out there. And now GW's jumping back into the game. It's kind of funny how history repeats itself, right? We started with Titanicus back in 1988, and then eventually they started, kept adding stuff and adding stuff, and then we ended at uh, Epic. And now, same thing, you know, Titanicus a couple years back, and then they did the Imperialis fighter game. Yeah, which the models are gorgeous in that, yes. but everybody says the game was terrible. Game's going out of print, actually. Oh, is it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's going to be done soon. So all those models, I believe, are getting rolled into Legion's Imperialis. They oh, mentioned cool. that the scales are compatible. That, yeah, it makes sense, and they're beautiful yeah. models. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I built some of them. They're awesome. Nobody ever bought any of those models. We had dozens and dozens and dozens of boxes. And then as soon as they announced that the thing was going out of print, pretty much sold out overnight. Okay. Isn't that amazing how the marketplace works? I mean, it's just like, it's crazy. It's people, it, it doesn't matter. As long as they think that there's some money to be made, the the speculators get involved and they buy it all out. And now, you know, but I mean, I think all those models are going to get re-released, right? Uh, some of them are going out of print. They oh. have announced that all the Xenos ones are going out of print and oh. some of the Imperial ones, but not all. The bulk of the Imperial ones are sticking around again because I'm 99% sure they're going to get rolled into Makes sense. the Epic, the new Epic. So in the starter set, which has been shown off, there's two forces, a Space Marine force and a Solar Auxilia force. That's what the hell is that? Two Space Marines. They're the Horus Heresy Imperial Guard. Oh, they have better oh okay. tech. that's right. We're Horus Heresy. Now. Horus Heresy. And two Warhound Titans, which are very obviously the Warhound Titans that are just reboxes from the Titanicus set. But there was another announcement today for Heresy Thursday. The Direwolf Scout Titans, which essentially are Warhound Titans with some different weapons, which were Forge World's resins for a while, mm. coming into plastic for the new Epic. Have you lost interest in this <laughs> conversation already? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too. All right, next. All right, War. So there's some Warcry news. We all have Warcry. New starter set. It is uh, Crypt of Blood. So it has a warband for um, what they call the Sigmarines. 
Stormcast Eternals. Oh my gosh, I don't know why I'm blanking Sigmarines. for a second. Sigmarines. It's a new faction. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's what people yeah. call them on the internet. Yeah. So the uh, the Sigmarines versus the Vampire Counts. We're getting another Vampire Counts. Oh, Counts nice. Band. Okay. And they're looking pretty good. Let me see. So, oh, arms are Here we are in the radio. The, uh, are uh, sticking to the Yeah, paper. all right. I mean, cool. Yeah. You know, eh. Okay. This guy with a big hammer. How many how many uh, Sigmarines do you MC have? MC Hammer again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They love their big hammers. Warhammer, of course. So here's one. Here's something actually I found interesting. Um, you know, Saga, which is a... We like Saga. Historical love. game. Yeah. So there's a company called Brother Vinny Miniatures. I've actually bought stuff from them a long time. Okay. Small boutique kind of thing. They have the license to produce Saga miniatures now, so they're going to start doing some historicals. This is the first kind of proof of concept they released. Cool, cool, cool. Warrior with a spear. All right. So, and it looks like they're going to be in resin. So, we're going to see some new Saga miniatures coming soon from Brother Vinny. Okay, cool. All right. Here is something I'm interested in. We're going to play again. (laughs) At some point. Bring back our Saga. We have it. We have it all. A ton of Saga. Totally died out the game. It's like impossible to get. But it's like anything else. All of us have stuff, you know? Um, I think I have a feeling we're going to be super busy playing Incursion. So, what else you got? New Battletech models, new release. Got some force packs coming out. This one is titled Snords Irregulars. Snores? <laughs> sort of like S- what I feel about this S- new segment. Snords Irregulars. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Battletech is nice. I like Battletech. It is fun. The plastics men are selling. Yeah, yeah. Seven million dollars on those plastics. Rich will have a ton of it at Gen Con. They they might have a bunch of stuff at Gen Con. They, yeah, they always show up with a lot of stuff. Yeah, aren't you jealous? You're not going to be there. You're going to be like, why are you not going to Gen Con? Because when I when the tickets and everything were up for sale, uh, I was afraid I was losing my job. Okay, did you lose your job? No, I didn't lose my job. But so, that was at the time. Okay, but you're letting fear rule your life, young uh, man. I know. I'm working. On I feel it. like I'm giving him advice like a Jedi <laughs> and master. You need, do we need the music? Yeah, you should. Yeah, get. get oh, let's okay. do some. All right, Suj, here we're gonna give you some advice. <laughs> Hold on a second. Come on, here we go. This is a moment of advice for the Suj. Well, if this is a Star Wars thing. Father Time's. Uh... Oh, Suj. Okay. Suj, pull up a chair. <laughs> I'm already up. I can't go further. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, son, fear <laughs> is ruling your life, and you must face your fear. And come to Gen Con with us. <laughs> I can't go now. Where we will proceed to get you drunk <laughs> and probably have you meet some ladies of the night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You mentioned Star Wars. All I can think of is Father Time, like, shooting lightning. Like, the Emperor <laughs> at the, the No, why can't you go to Gen Con? What happened? <laughs> why can't I go? I'd have, to, I'd have to buy the tickets and everything already. Oh, like flight tickets? Well, you just hop in the truck with us. <laughs> That's what Big Mike's going to do. That's yeah. Big Mike's going to do. Yeah. We're all driving. We're gonna he twist can. his arm and switch. Oh, that suit is gonna come. He's gonna. He's coming. You'll see. We'll. We'll. We'll bring the suit to Gen Con. When was the last time he took a vacation day off of work? Uh, Yesterday. No. Last Gen Con. Last Gen Con. Last Gen Con. I'm trying to think. No, I went to Cold Wars. I went to Cold oh. Wars. That was uh, his vacation. Is Mark. going to conventions. <laughs> and you're now going to Gen Con, the biggest convention uh, on the planet. I would have gone too if my if my buddy Anthony. What if, what, we're not your buddies? No, but he he's... We're not the same age, so he, he doesn't... He buys the plane tickets for me, and I just pay him oh, Well, that is true. <laughs> mm, okay. All right. Well, listen, hopefully you can... Um, I'll do it. No, I'll do it. This this year's been a little crazy, but I'm going to get back to normal. I'm already pretty much back to normal. 
Okay, this is segment this normal? is going nowhere. <laughs> no, no. Let's go back to the news. I think everybody out in the, <laughs> the cast line is going, what in the hell is going on over there? I have a nervous breakdown. All right. Um, the rest of the news. All right. So the 40K starter sets have been announced. Oh, Obviously, because yeah. Levi- Leviathan. Yeah. <laughs> Can't say anything. Leviathan is a limited edition release, obviously. So there are a number of broken down starter sets, which are essentially just going to part out the, the Leviathan set, kind of like we saw back with Indominus. So there's going to be three levels. You got the introductory set and the starter set, and then the ultimate starter set. <laughs> Seems <laughs> like an easy way just to rebox the same Didn't stuff. Didn't you feel like the segment is has lost all kind of value. <laughs> right? I mean, a little bit. Why don't we talk about the new fantasy model? Oh, let's talk one, about that. One new fantasy model. Yay. Right? Yeah, so, it's the guy yeah, with the big right. banner on his guy back, right? The guy with the big banner, yep. He is a Bretonian standard bearer. Oh, yeah, really that very, is really beautiful. Come on, that's beautiful. Oh, it's nice. it looks awesome. As a Bretonian player, I'm excited about this. I, I think it's cool that, that that's going to be like the premier faction, right? They're going to throw that right in your face and go, hey, Bretonians, everybody liked them. Then they took them away. Yep. And then the prices skyrocketed online all those years ago. And now they're coming back. Uh, I'm interested to actually... It looks flat, but do you think that flag is going to be flat and you can freehand on it, or is that molded on? Uh, they used to be molded on, the flags. Molded on? I can't, yeah, can't tell. I don't know. I wonder if they're going to be a different size, just so your old Bretonian won't... Oh, no. They said it was going to be 28 mil. It's going to be 28 mil, but all of the GW stuff... I guarantee you it's going to be. Oh, yeah, it's going to be way. More like 32? Yes, yes. I don't think it's going to be to the point where it completely invalidates the stuff you've already have, but it's going to to be like taking a, you know, Marine from the 90s and putting it next to like a Primaris or... That's a big Something difference. Like that. That's a big difference. Uh, what's what's a better one? Uh, an orc boy from the second edition starter set with the axes and the pistols, and they were in that one pose yeah. next to a modern orc boy. I would say okay. So that's right. less of a difference, but still I don't very care. Noticeable. You know what? I, I'm a I'm a goofy person when it comes to this stuff. It'll be more Bretonians for me. I, you can never have enough Bretonians. I brought my painted army, put it in the case, and it's actually when you look at a fully painted Bretonian army, mm. uh, it's a, a a sight to behold. So. It's it's a good because um, you can do all the models different colors, yeah, right? Yeah, which the, is the awesome. and very bright colors. Yeah, so. no, it's great. Uh, okay, that's it. That's the news. Uh, one more thing. We got, oh, we got okay. another war cry war band for the um, what were they called? The the weirder orcs that came out with the say the cruel boys that came out with the. AOS starter. Oh set. yeah, I like the yeah, like, I like the gorillas. Like monkey men. Was like, yeah, yeah, that's pretty awesome. I did see that. That I thought that was really interesting. Interesting. Place that's a Warcry one. That's a Warcry Warband. Yeah, that's pretty that's cool. Out. Good, good. So it's got a uh, what four grots, three like or two monkey men, one grot with an egg, and then a, a large. Do you think anybody man. listens to the news on our Mythicast and they go, you know, I should look that up. That looks interesting. Sounds interesting. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> everyone does. Do yeah. They all run straight to. Uh, all right, what else, dude? There's, is there anything new that's interesting? Uh, you don't like the fantasy stuff? Well, here, actually, so this is a No, I mean, I think a, all a of it is, I like. I don't know if that it's a interesting. throwback to old Warhammer Fantasy. They're coming out as a Warcry Warband, but new Plague Monks. Oh, yes, after, this like, I saw. After I thought, 500 years. Okay, this is interesting. Yeah. So the Plague Monks are coming back. Nice with sculpts, sculpts, too. Really well done. Very nice. I yeah, love yeah, the yeah. way they do the little, like, I was hoping that they, this means that maybe they'll do a new Skaven army. Uh, to did. match what they did with the beautiful uh, Beastman army. They I did. thought they did a nice job with the Beastman. They did Lizardman. I think you took Lizardman. Yeah, not Beastman. Not Beastman. Beastman haven't been resculpted in decades. Oh, I thought they did a bunch of. No, no. they did a, a, a they kill, did team. The f- kill, kill team. Kill team. 40K. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Which I don't have. Lizardman they redid mm. after a million years. I forgot about that. Mm. We were going to split that one kill team. Box. Yeah, whatever happened with we it. We don't play kill team. so That's what it is. Eh. 
Less track of that, too. Yeah, it's too many. It's too many games. Too many games. You know what? I've, I realized uh, as I was going through all the weapons and stuff for, for our game, I realized, wow, we really don't have the bandwidth to like do anything more than a couple of other games aside from ours. Well, I mean, you know? we talk about Warcry and Kill Team, which seems like the same game in a lot of ways. Pretty much. Then, Pretty much, yeah. But yeah. Warcry is fantasy. It's kind of more up our, you know, more of our yeah. speed, smaller count of models. And we you don't know? play that. I mean, we lo- we wish we could. Right. Because they are beautiful models. On the World, I've played a few times yeah. this year. Again, tiny little games. I'm really more interested in the mechanics. You know, like Me we're too. playing Shatterpoint. That's a very interesting mechanic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that they did a really nice job with, with kind of the creative aspect of how they uh, put the game system together. It was like Marvel Crisis Protocol, but better. Yeah. Um, yeah. The um, What would you call those cards that have the... Uh, Injury paths that you can take. Yeah, very, very clever. Yeah. Clever. I mean, I, I honestly, and it's great for for us to see that even 40k is doing. I mean, and I'm not saying that we did it first. Well, obviously, we didn't. But you know, kind of our approach to the game two years ago when we decided that we were going to do a streamlined rulebook, we were going to make it available as a free PDF. We were going to put all of the data uh, points in a data card. You know, I mean, very it's objective oriented. Very objective oriented. Everybody's yep. now doing primary and secondary objectives. Hell, they have like a, their own version of blessings now. Mm-hmm. Uh, with these, they're not even stratagems. They're like these. Uh, I, they might even call them blessings. But and when you play forty k, there's these things that you can use per turn that mm-hmm. can give you. Mm-hmm. I guess they are stratagems, and you yeah. spend combat yeah. points. Or, yeah. Even with the new epic, they've already confirmed alternating activations, and uh, all missions are objective based. See, no, so there no you go. I mean, honestly, our game, for what it's worth, games like ours are understanding that the complexity of the the game has to come from the objective based uh, approach. Right, that's what gives it that extra balance. And I've noticed people playing forty k that aren't playing all the secondary objectives, and then they we didn't right. But what happens is. Yeah. You kind of miss out on what the idea of the game is because then you then the armies don't get to really kind of test themselves out in kind of how the game was properly designed. You're basically just lining up and shooting at, at each other, which at this stage I get. You know, you're trying to learn the rules. Well, you're trying to learn the synergies of your army, and now that I I said we didn't, we did use secondary. Objectives did you? Yeah, it's important yeah. to use the but secondaries. They, were, they it was it was rather unbalanced because oh, was it okay. evil? Evil in the beginning had two easy objectives, and he took such an enormous lead f- first turn right. that it was practically impossible for for my thousand sons to catch up. Is it was it randomly chosen the yep. objectives? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so some of them are easy, mm-hmm. some of them are not so easy, and that, you know, that affects things, obviously. Yeah, it does. No, it's true. Yeah, that has been, that's, because way back in 7th edition, where they started doing the deck of card objectives, that was a problem back then, too, where you could kind of draw, one player could draw incredibly easy objectives, or draw the objectives that they were already holding on their side of the table, while the other player just would keep drawing, like, bum cards, and you'd have a big, big points disparity. Something to be aware of, I think, for general game design. Adding that much randomness to the missions may be difficult to work with. You have to do what we've done, which is you have to make sure that the secondary missions are never unbalanced so that you don't end up with a bunch of um, impossible to achieve things or that are, by the time you do achieve them, it's too late in the game. You know, that's a hard thing to, to play test, but you got to do it, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's, it's good to see that. Uh, you know what we've been doing is has been I don't want to say justified or uh, 
the fact is that what we've been doing for the past couple of years is kind of where the industry is going. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, which the is awesome. overarching meta. Yeah. You know, simplify and objective based. With data cards, easy yeah. to understand, free rules, that kind of stuff. It's mm-hmm. just it just makes sense. So good good on us that we actually did something um that is even the uh, blind hog. Even the, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so so that's good. All right, well, thanks for the news, Suge. All right. Is there anything else? Uh, just some Infinity releases that I kind of thought were pretty cool. Those are so nice the models. They, always, you know, they have great models. I like the colors. Too. Talk about the opposite of simple. That oh, rule yeah. system is, like, unbelievable. Yes. Well, I thought you also meant uh, hard to put together. Some oh, well, they used to models. be. Are they now plastic? They're moving into plastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the metal ones are beautiful yeah. miniatures, but, my God, if you looked at them wrong, they, the arms fell off. Yeah. Um. Well, all right. Well, thanks for the news. Kind of well, lame, but if you, yeah. <laughs> good job, Suge. Nice good job, job. Suge. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah. okay, good job. That's good. There's a lot of and stuff going on. I'm not just on. saying that. By the way, July was an insane month for releases, right? June. I mean, it was June. Oh, God. June. Well, July is going to be, it's interesting how the industry is doing it, right? So June, you had Magic, the Lord of the Rings, which, by the way, they found the One Ring. That was news, by the way, oh, Suge. Thank you for sharing that. worth like a million, zillion dollars. $2.1 million $2.1 down million in dollars. some kid in Brazil. Sold in a day. <laughs> Insanity. Ridiculous. Uh, but oh, it's just, you know what it is? There's just a lot of people with goofy amounts of money. I guess. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's just like, ugh, whatever. Anyway, so Lord of the Rings, Leviathan, which, by the way, I, we sold hundreds of those boxes yeah. at the store. I mean, it was, was insanity. Lord of the Rings was out of control. Then there was a Pokemon release. That was a big release. Freaking Shatterpoint. That's how the month of June started. And now July, August, September is all releases for those games, mm-hmm. right? Which is, I mean... And they're all selling out as soon as... They're all selling in. out as soon as we, you know, they hit the shelves. Yep. It's amazing, actually. So um, it, it's the, the, uh, the vibe around the games has gotten... Uh, even more and more exciting that that's possible, mm-hmm. right? Uh, in, including our stuff. I mean, you know, it's it, one of the reasons why sometimes it's hard to keep up is we do sell a lot of stuff. Um, we haven't been updating, we haven't been adding stuff to the website just because we don't want to cannibalize all the stuff that we're trying to bring to Gen Con, yeah, yeah. which I know hurts our sales, you know, short term, but I think it's a good investment for us to kind of go into Gen Con and then bring as much product as we can. And then, you know, uh, and then have additional product that we're making for all of the other shows that our team members are going to be going to for the rest of the year and next year. So it's a good time to be in the industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So what are we talking about today? Weapons. Weapons. Mm, weapons. Mm. <laughs> I think it's a it's a good conversation to have right now. Well, it's an important conversation. I mean, I'm looking at the rules, and I already I, I know there's been some confusion about some of them, and I know that there are some changes that are pending that we should talk about, which uh, will affect the rules as well. Okay, so where do you want to start? Well, how about we start with the ranged weapons? Okay. Um, Because that's pretty clear. There is a little... I I, I want to be um, clear about how the, um, the thrown weapons which you know you're doing when you're charging mm-hmm. how that affects some weapons and and how they're not really ranged weapons some of them are some of them aren't right. it's it's a little confusing and and so I want us to kind of review all that but i mean we have the chart right in front of us so why don't we just start from there and take it there simplest one is the bow the bow is the simplest one i mean honestly there's really nothing um it's it's a must have um i think as a as a weapon for this period 
in these peoples, right? Uh, having a bow is, is kind of an important thing. The the variety of bows was historically was just, you know, out of control. Yeah. yeah. Um, bows designed for jungle, you know, sort of forest use, you know, uh, planes use. I mean, so the bows, the the sort of manufacturing of the bows, the making of the artisanship of the bows is very different. And the purposes of their usage was very different. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, a bow is a bow is a bow, right? In, in some ways, from the gaming perspective. And I think we will be introducing some new forms of bows. Yes. I know the Taino are going to be using a short bow. Yes. Which doesn't have the same distance characteristic. Yep. But uh, that's not yet released. Right. So we'll talk about that. But uh, so let's so a ranged weapon is fairly easy to comprehend. You know, mm-hmm. you're using your shooting skill to see if you hit, and then you take it from there. Um, the act of charging and what weapons can be used to uh, to shoot at mm-hmm. a charging unit is the part that I want to um, discuss. Right. Okay. So, let's say I'm a unit of archers and I charge another unit of archers. Are there any shooting attacks involved in that charge? The archers that are getting charged can shoot. Can shoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guys charging or the unit charging does not Cannot, get to shoot. Because they're charging. Right. Right. Okay. All right. So so we've set that as a baseline. Now we can use that concept as we move forward with the other ranged weapons. And I think it's simple. You know, um, a, a, a thrown rock, a tomahawk, a spear... Uh, as we have it, they're they're usable in. Um, go ahead. You're. Well, I, I don't want to talk about the rock yet because the rock's going to change. Okay. All right. So, but a tomahawk or a spear, um, as thrown weapons, can be used during the charge. Yeah, and they are, they're also weapons that you can use in in, in uh, hand to in hand to hand. Yes, but they're not ranged weapons. They're not so. technically they're on the range chart because you can actually throw them at range. Yeah. But when you're charging, only when you're charging, right, right. But you know, it's it, there. There was a lot of conversation for the uh, purpose of completeness. They were added to that. Now we can have a separate chart, which is just basically a thrown weapon chart, right, right. Uh, which we'll probably end up doing anyway, just so people don't get confused, right, so it, right. It, it becomes like a subcategory, right? Because you can't stand there with a tomahawk and during the shooting phase, not yet, throw tomahawks, right, right. So, no, you're right. And so I think it's, um, you know, thrown access per, per se is not a mm-hmm. thing that we have that we have here. Um, and so maybe for uh, uh, for simplification, there's like a subset of weapons, which right. is kind of a, right. a thrown weapon thing. But, I mean, look, at the end of the day, the, the mechanics of the thrown weapon are pretty clear. Right. And, and, and those are the only two. The tomahawk and the spear are the only two that currently are thrown weapons that are melee weapons but can be used during the charge thrown weapon phase uh i guess the thrown. you wanted to talk about the thrown rocks well rocks are um currently defined as both a thrown weapon or ranged weapon mm-hmm. a true ranged weapon mm-hmm. and also a hand-to-hand mm-hmm. weapon mm-hmm. but that's going to go away we're yeah. not we're you not going to change that yeah we're not allowing because it it affects the pointing right you know you have one weapon which is a rock and to be able to use it in two different phases allows you to skim points pretty significantly in some mm-hmm, cases. Mm-hmm. So the rock is no longer going to be a melee weapon. Now, there aren't any 
any units that are out there today that this would affect. Right? I don't think we have any units that are using rocks as melee weapons right now. It's only going to come into play with the Taino. Right. And right. that's why we removed it from the Taino because they are very heavily reliant on rocks um, for some of them, like civilians and stuff like that, mm-hmm. to, to throw as a ranged weapon. Right. And, uh, you know, when you look at the synergies that the Taino have, uh, that becomes very significant. But they will not have rocks to be used as melee weapons, and they'll have clubs. So they'll have two weapons. They'll have the rock as a range, which is a very cheap ranged weapon, and they'll have a club for melee, which is also a very cheap weapon. But you're still paying the points for both a ranged and a melee weapon, if it, that makes sense. I don't right, know. and I, and I think it th- this is important because sometimes, look, there th- you can take... Um, and I guess it's a creative uh, license me- mechanic or mechanism that we use internally on purpose that we created. We created a mechanism for us to have some creative leeway, not only in the lore and the background, but in the game design, mm-hmm. right? So if we were doing a strictly historical-based game, you know, we would have many more limitations, right? As it As it is... We take a look at the humanoid figures, for lack of better description, the majority of which are humans with a historical background mm-hmm. that we can go back and research on Macana or Macahuidal or, you know, a, a, a bow for the Western, you know, any of the tribes in the Western Federation. Yeah. That stuff you can you can you can find historical record stuff for, mm-hmm. for that. What these folks wear, we can, you know, we can uh, research and make sure that they're accurate in some of these miniatures. Where we have to have uh, license is in something that's really driven mostly by mathematics, and that is driven and, and necessary because of game design and yes. balance, right? Yep. So when you guys sit down and crunch numbers, you have to have some flexibility to make certain decisions, like uh, how a, a thrown rock uh, can or cannot work as a hand weapon or a melee weapon. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. So th- th- there's a reason why some of these uh are not exactly like uh somebody was mentioning on discord that well this this unit should have you know this weapon or that unit should have this other weapon like yeah i mean probably should at some point we should have certain units that have weapons that we just haven't explored mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you kind of have to figure out which ones work mathematically without throwing the balance off. and there's also you know if you have one of the challenges that we face is um making multiple weapons that all do the same thing yes that have the same stat line and so there's it's it's very um touchy to create the historically correct weapon that has the same stat line as a weapon that already exists it's like do you want 30 different weapon options that are the same stat line and maybe that's a question we should ask the community or do you want to um, have one stat line and just kind of build off of that and say, well, a sword is the same as a as an uh, axe as, a, as an axe is the same as a yeah. Um, so that that is the challenge, and it all comes into pointing, you know, and how we and and keeping the points and the balance is is difficult. Yep, and making sure that it makes sense for the unit that has that sure, weapon, right? Sure. Um, because if you're designing uh, a unit of civilian Taino. You know, uh, and, and we felt that, oh, you know, those guys should have more hitting power or gals, you know, those civilians, male and female, should have more hitting power. You know, giving them a copper headed axe or something like that, 
would be odd. First of all, they wouldn't have those. Uh, but second of all, it just doesn't fit the unit type, right? Mm-hmm. They're a bunch of civilians. Exactly. How do they get these strong weapons? Right, you know, right. They're, they're not military people. So you have to, you're, you're, there's some kind of design box that you have to try to stay within, correct? Right? Correct. And, you know, the the rock as a thrown weapon is legit. Yeah. You know, that's that seems legit. And But a rock as a hand-to-hand is, is a questionable. And that's, frankly, it, some of that carried over from the Warlords of Erewhon functionality you know because that's what they did and it's just doesn't make sense in pointing and it also doesn't make sense from a historical perspective because you know clubs that's your most baseline hand-to-hand weapon it is you know a stick picking up a stick and well in a shaped stick is you know because it's it's a lot of the tribes a lot of the peoples had very specific clubs (laughs) that were made to smash bones Mm -hmm. i mean that's what they they weren't there to like uh, they were literally designed to break people's bones. I mean, right. that's, why, that's why they're shaped the way they are. And so it's important that we reflect that accurately. And I think, yes, yeah, so I think the rock became kind of like our base level weapon. And I would actually love to see the rock eventually just go away. Well, which it's going to. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there's no reason we're going to carry it over in the hand-to-hand. Yeah, this just I just yeah. don't, you know, it just feels like it's, it's good, uh, but not necessarily something that we should be doing. Yeah, I can understand the need to essentially remove outliers, something that kind of throws a wrench in the nice system we have for creating weapons, and to more represent the fiction of a rock being like a last resort. You know, picking up a rock and throwing it at somebody is like, yeah, you got it's no a other option. It's you a have no other option. Right? Yeah. yeah, agreed. So the rock is going to be phased out. Yes, in that from, way. From a hand-to-hand perspective. It's right. going to remain as a throne, as your most basic thrown ranged weapon makes sense yep i think that makes sense okay uh now, i think that's a good now if solution you take a rock yeah and you put it in a little pouch that is attached to a rope and you start swinging around your head mm, much different it's a whole different animal yeah much much different and i think you know if you look at some of the thrown weapons the, what i love about uh the ale is um it's really that it's a very unique historically uh interesting weapon Right, uh, I just think it's a it's one of those uh, weapons that uh, I love that we have in the game, just like some of the hand to hand weapons that are correct for the period and the mm-hmm. peoples that that use. That's them. interesting. You're thinking of the Alice, and I was talking about the sling. So let's oh, let's. Yeah. But but I mean, they're both similar, right? Yeah. So an Alice is is like a bolo. It is right. Yeah, yeah. You're chucking a rock. Yep. With that has another rock and a string in between right. that's going to wrap around someone yep. and hopefully break bones. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I, I think both of those thrown weapons are, you know, like um, uh, a sling is definitely a weapon that's been used by a lot of people yep. throughout the history of yep. mankind. I mean, yep. Never mind just, you know, the, the Western Hemisphere. Um, what do you, I mean, so overall, you feel good about the sling being in the game or do you oh, feel absolutely. like yeah absolutely and i think it's appropriate i think it was used a lot um you know there's always uh folks questioning the the taking a fire action and then getting double your shots but um i think that historically i've seen people with slings who can do it so fast reload reload so yeah. fast and and that i don't i don't really have a problem with it so. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, there's also, it also gives it a a, a different flavor, honestly. Yes. And they are, and it makes you, it gives you a, it just, it's a choice that's an, if you're standing still mm-hmm. because you want to get more shots, you're making a very tactical decision. 
Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, it's I, I think it gives a, a much needed flavor for for the uh, throwing weapons. Agreed. And then the Alice, just to finish our whole rock and string and discussion, um, is a very interesting weapon within the game because you can use it to, um, you know, down creatures. Yeah, which it's, is awesome. Which is awesome. So the only other weapon that does that is what the harpoon. The harpoon. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a, another great, interesting. I think super interesting weapon mm-hmm. um, that o- right now only the uh, Inuit can have, right? Yes. I'm actually looking. I don't see it on the list, actually. On the yeah, because it's in the uh, it's in with the with the Inuit themselves. Ah, yeah, I, Inuit see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. So yeah, one of the things that we um, and I think it'll be good. This is perfect example of what we need to do with 2.0. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you if you're new to the podcast, if you're new to Mythic Earth, this is a living rule book that we open up to the community. We have the Council of Papilton, the weird name that everybody loves, uh, that is really about um, uh, getting the community involved, having uh, folks uh, uh, really honestly participate in the adaptation, creation, ver- you know, and, and uh, editing of the of the actual rules. It's been a great success, I think, for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, incursion is happening mostly by community, the, a, a good 55, 60% of the community, uh, of the testing is happening by community testing led by old man Eric. So one of the things that, we're, that we want to do is scrub all of the data cards, all of the weapons, especially now as we introduce the Chachapoya. Yep. With blowguns, uh, mm-hmm. um, and and we have what you're doing with the rocks and with the harpoon, and and, and like really do a um, a new chart, a new mm-hmm. set of charts mm-hmm. that's they're all inclusive for the uh, you know the kind of cheat sheet uh, approach to the game. Uh, we did a cheat sheet that has an updated chart, but we want to make sure that we really go through all of the forces mm-hmm. and update all of those materials as mm-hmm. well. So that's that that's the plan. For 2.0. Agreed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, keep going. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. Uh, I, so that, I think that pretty much covers the, the um, I don't know what you would call them, like the sling, the alus, the rock, all those more basic, yeah. maybe, yep. um, thrown, thrown weapons. And then you have the, um, the kind of like spear-like um, weapons. So the spear itself is a hand-to-hand weapon that you can throw in a charge. Yep. But if you want a true throwing spear, that would be the javelin. Yeah. Right? Smaller than a regular hand-to-hand spear. Um, doesn't have a lot of range, but has a lot of strength to it. Um, so that, that bumps your strength on your shooting. Yep. Um, but you are in close combat. Or not close combat, close range, because it doesn't have the same range as a bow or sling or any of those that that get that distance. Um, but then if you move up to an atlatl or an atlat, oh, I don't can't pronounce it. That's mm-hmm. that on on the verge of my pronunciation scheme. Um, you know, where they're actually using a device to get more distance, more accuracy, more more penetration, very historically correct. You know, that's a whole different animal as far as um, throwing a spear, so to speak. Yeah. Interesting mechanic. I, I was looking. I, I, I look at that weapon and I just go, boy, that would take a learning curve, wouldn't it, to really learn how to throw that? But you that. know, that is one of the more 
primitive weapons out I there. I know, but it I just, mean, I, I... You I, had could, Neanderthals with, with I those know, things. Isn't that wild? Yeah, yeah that but it's just to chuck that. It just yeah. looks difficult. Yeah. Uh, I haven't tried it myself, but it just looks difficult. <laughs> yeah, but but um, in our game, those are extremely effective uh, from a ranged weapon because you're getting a, a real bump to your strength. Two uh, points worth of bumping yeah. your strength. Yeah, 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 I guess you know, so. And, and they also add accuracy when they're being used. So it's it's very effective, and I don't hear a lot of people talking about them on the on the forum so i'm not sure if they're underutilized as it were they probably are i mean i think they probably are because i i think um i i noticed uh for that there's people go gravitate towards what they feel is i don't know i want to say generic but I, something mm-hmm. that they're more used to mm-hmm. so bows are easy mm-hmm. right yeah. i mean it with with thrown rocks you have a sling you have a huaraka and you have an alus right and so you basically have three types of um, thrown projectile, mm-hmm. as it were, and if and that if if that's if you don't count the behemoth thrown rock, right? Because that's uh, that could be a very different yeah. <laughs> creature yeah. altogether. And we're not even really going to see the thrown rock from the behemoth until we get to the chachapoya, right? Right. I mean, right now we get thrown co- uh, corpses right. from a behemoth, so it's very similar to a thrown <laughs> rock, only squishier and stinkier. Um, but uh, you know. <laughs> So maybe people gravitate towards, you know, something that looks clearly advantageous. I think uh, an A-list, for example, takes some learning how to use. Yeah. Right? Agreed. Yeah. Because you have to really kind of think about how you're going to use it to impede movement, to kind of limit the enemy where you want the you know it's it's a little more i don't want to say sophisticated it's but more you know, specialized it is you really have to kind of think about it more as to how you're going to use it very effective when you learn how to use it um the difference between a, a waraka and a, and a sling or as we would say an uraka waraka right is uh really just the the, the difference between the strength and then two shots uh and you know some people will go shit I'd, I'd rather have two shots than than a strength two um, shot. That's that's. I don't know. I I think that again, that's a, situ- a situational. So historically, uh, uh, uraka is Incus. just a bigger, yeah, sling. Right? Yeah, Isn't it's, it just it's, a it's, longer it's, rope that you're using to spin it and throw? Yes, it, right? exactly. Mm-hmm. So which means that it hits with more impact. Right. 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 So therefore, the strength two, where a sling is, a, a, we doesn't necessarily we did not add range to the huraka it's you know we just kind of made it uh as if it hits harder Mm -hmm. um and we made the sling something that that is just uh, faster to reload right it's a shorter swing right and it's an easier uh piece of equipment i suppose to to use in uh in numbers um but i I, again it's a a matter of preference yeah you know um but i i I have to say, with the um, with the eagle warriors, with the slings, uh, I always run them and a unit of archers mm-hmm. um, because you know my I tend to use my range folks as objective uh, grabbers. Right, right. Right. They run up to objective. They set up firing lanes, or they're holding a, an objective on your deployment with firing lanes, and it's kind of nice to uh, when you're looking at a unit of ten, you know, guys with slings. That's a, that's going to hurt, 
Oh yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and interestingly enough, when I the the times I play Aztec, I tend to go with smaller MSU. Yep. You know, five because they you you can quickly take an objective. You don't have a huge investment, and once they're stationary, they're putting out the same shots as shots ten as yeah. as ten archers. Yeah, you, yeah, you know? which is pretty. I. I I think that makes them super efficient and almost a must-have yeah. uh, unit for the Aztecs. But they're very squishy. <laughs> I think you'll find that all of the range folks are going to be squishy. You know, I take that back. Eagle Warriors are not that squishy. No, they can hit hard. Light yeah. armor, and then you have a full-on sword. Yeah, like to hit people. Yeah. people always forget that. Sorry to go on a tangent here, but that's something I noticed when playing a game. Uh, People look at the Eagle Warriors and they go, oh, they're archers, right? So you have shots, you have slings, you have bows, and they're probably really weak in combat. And they run into them, and it's like, no, I still got, like, you know, light armor, and I'm hitting you back with a full-on sword. Not a dagger, not a club, like a sword. And even if they die, they'll take out, like, half the enemy squad sometimes, you know, on a charge. Yeah, I I had that misconception um, when I charged in with some... Jaguars, you know, mm-hmm. into the Eagle Wars, and they just went down. Oh, yeah. They're like, oops. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Lesson learned. Yeah, yeah. Eagle Warriors are no chumps. I'm not, by the way, mm. none of the Incas with ranged weapons are chumps either mm. uh, because they really are professional soldiers, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So you go up to them, and you you are going to lose models when you, when you charge into uh, a bunch of uh, Incas or Eagle Warriors of yeah. any type. Um, so... Anyway, I, I think the range weapons, uh, the availability of them, everybody has a, some kind of range weapon. Every force has some kind of range weapon. Some of the forces have lots of range weapons. Yep. And some don't. And some don't. Um, right. I mean, you can run almost a, a non-range weapon force if you run a bunch of... I mean, you can run non-range weapon forces if you choose to leave all your range uh, weapons home. The Aztecs are kind of famous where you may you may run out to the field with no range at all, right? If you just run with a bunch of uh, bound dead. Oh yeah, the undead horde list yeah. essentially. Yeah, yeah, that's Ramsey a tough one. List. Or if you do a beast, focus uh, uh, tribal nations force, uh-huh. right? But you know, it's funny. I look at the wolves as basically very strong arrows with legs because of their <laughs> their speed and their distance. Yeah. Yeah. Their threat range is very long. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I mean, that's what a bow is, right? Mm-hmm. A long threat range. But uh, a wolf charging in from a long distance is freaking debilitating. I mean, it could go right through entire units. But kind of capitalizing off something we were talking about before, one of the downsides of the wolves is your inability to cap objectives or interact with exactly. objectives in a lot of places. Exactly, yeah. So I've seen people a lot of times use them as like, again, like a cruise missile. Like, all right, all right, yep. I'm right at that and I want that to die. And it's like, yeah, you could probably get away with that for a bit, but you can't capture any objective or pillage, you know, nope, when that, you have to take exactly that territory. Right. Yeah, so uh, in this game, and look, in Incursion, we're starting to add magic weapons, um, uh, you know, in, in, a, in small ways, uh, which I think is great. And that's sort of like the fantasy side of our, of our game, you know, where we, decide, you know, we, we did say in the past that we're not going to have like a whole magic weapon category. I just think that those are best um, uh, left to specific scenarios. Mm-hmm. Because magic weapons, I mean, I guess they're no different than a regular weapon, except that once you add that magic level, that magic concept to it, it feels a little more forced, right? Like you can have magic arrows, 
because you an or an oracle or a high priest casts a spell and you're basically getting all these free shots right right but to start introducing magic weapons we want to really kind of make them spe- you know special like we could have made the maras makahuito and we know makahuitos are not an inca weapon um but there's a background story as to why he's walking around with a giant makahuito um we could have made that a magic weapon, I suppose, um, with a lot of special benefits, but we haven't yet, right? No, no. I mean, oh. it is a it is the Makawidal of the gods, which right. is appropriate for yep. that particular character because it's a super big Makawidal. Yeah. Um, but you know, we want to make sure that the magic weapons are very focused, and maybe not something that everyone could have. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's just like I don't want a unit full of magic bows. Mm-hmm. Just you know what I mean? It just feels wrong to me. I don't know. Maybe it's just a flavor of the game that we created. But um, uh, so that's something that's that you won't see in what in in our weapons charts. There won't be a, a list of magic weapons per se. You'll see them in the scenarios. Um, is where you're probably going to find most of our magic weapons. Right. Right. Especially incursion. Yeah, yeah incursion. Yeah, and incursion is great because I mean I think we're about to. Uh, I think old man Eric told me that he's pretty much uh, kind of 100% on the second scenario, the IR scenario. So now we're going to start testing the um, the death, uh, the run through the woods scenario, which mm-hmm. we discussed last a couple of episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so we should have all three scenarios ready for... Uh, I don't think the other two have magic weapons in them. I think the only one that has mag- magic weapons is the um, uh, the camisade scenario. Anyway going off left field there. No, that's all right. There's really only one more thing to talk about from ranged weapons, which would be the overhead shot, mm-hmm. which is right now very specific to the IR, I guess. Yep. Yes, I mean yeah. the IR, yeah. So why don't you describe that a little bit? I just, I, I, the concept of, uh, uh, of the IR is uh, the idea of the overhead thrown rock or corpse really just comes from the model itself, the sort of creature created to... True to throw, grab, you know, uh, corpses that are kind of nested on his back that he collects as he walks around the battlefield and then he just he just chucks them. Obviously an IR is an absolutely fantastical creature that we created within the world of Mythic Earth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to find a corpse. I don't think so. I don't think you're going to find a corpse-throwing creature in Aztec mythology. I could be wrong, but I haven't seen one. Um you might find um, um, a creature that does things with corpses, like the Boraro, mm-hmm. uh, but not so sure that you'll find anything that chucks them. But I mean, from a mechanics perspective, mm-hmm. an overhead shot, you have to take a fire action. You have to take a fire perform. action, yeah, which makes it, you know, it's going to use up one of your uh, unit activation dice. Exactly. Um, and I think it's, it's, you know, it's a very specialized thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is pretty devastating uh, in in when it hits, sort of. I mean, it's not going to, you know, it's not going to destroy your But it also, you, you can also do it blindly. You can overhead without mm-hmm. line of sight. And yep. then you'll take a penalty, you yep. know, on how it scatters. Very hard to hit with them. Yep. But, but, you know, it's a broad enough uh, shot that you're likely to hit something. Right. And, I mean, you want to be heaving these bodies or whatever might be thrown. Like, yep. you know, we talk about 
the future of Chachapoya, you know, throwing rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you want to be shooting those things into because it's always going to be scattering. Yep. And you want to shoot it into clumps. You know, yep. if the if your opponent is bunching up, heave it into that. You know, and and a a thrown weapon that scatters is point wise going to be a lot more affordable than a thrown weapon that's very precise, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because that very precise thrown weapon, and you know, I've sort of been playing around with some of the Chachapoya, uh, you know, thrown the, the concept of a thrown rock. If you if to start pointing it as a kind of very well guided direct hit, it's I mean, it's just it would make the character so expensive yeah. that it's almost mm-hmm. like a named character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think the thrown weapon is a, it's a great choice for an Aztec. Uh, force because it allows you. He, but here's the conundrum with the uh, with the thrown weapon. Uh, he's the the model itself is also a great tarpit. So it's not like you just want to keep and he's hard to kill or mm-hmm. it's hard to kill. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you want to just keep the IR back there chucking rocks Mm-mm. or corpses in this case. You want to actually put him out there, yeah, yeah. which makes his thrown weapon even more powerful. Right, right. It's um, definitely not one of your. Uh like a, the old siege weapons that you'd be playing in some other games where right. you just throw it in the back and nope. they just sit there and no, no, the IR no, wants to, to get in the middle of it. Yeah, I was actually, uh, and I, th- I like what uh, Old Man Eric did with the incursion scenario because it, it it does play to one of the original ideas of the IR, which is the ability for the IR to pick up dead enemies that you've mm-hmm. killed during the game and mm-hmm. chuck them. I think that's freaking <laughs> awesome. So. Do you do more damage depending on the size of the dead enemy? That would be fantastic. Like Not right a, now. Throw yeah. a Sasquatch. Yeah, if you can throw a Sasquatch, that would be awesome. at somebody. It's just got to be harder to throw, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think f- throwing weapons, there's one, there's an, a thrown weapon that's on the list here that is not necessarily anything. Uh, yes, the right. insults and trickery. Yeah, so yeah. That, I, I think that's an awesome weapon, yes. as it were. And, and that one happens to cause some confusion because I know that mm, at least there were some typos i think on the original stuff we sent out but uh the insults and trickery is really more of a how would you describe it it's not really throwing a weapon it's really just manipulating like a mind manipulation you're throwing insults yes psychological effects psychological effects right used because it's not direct damage no no and that's solely for the aloosh right now yeah 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 yeah. and uh and it doesn't put out wounds anyway right it only puts out you know yeah just status markers no damage yep Yep. which we know brave status markers can be as devastating as as (laughs) well as damage over time and you know being part of the maya um force you know that's their whole that's their whole thing yep and again really important to think about the role of the thrown weapon within the force itself that's Mm -hmm. a very very good point that you make there with the elush uh, with the Maya, because that's definitely something that um, plays a very powerful synergy with the rest of the force. Right, right, and and was part of B. Tim's original design concept. Mm-hmm. You know, he wanted the Maya to be a, a fearful faction, fear creating. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, for sure. So a terrifying uh, faction. That's what yeah, you're saying. Yeah. Well, and they are fearful. The Camazots are scared. terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. And 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 you know what? Uh, when they hit you um, full on, it's pretty scary. It's terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yes, it is scary. So but, they, it's interesting because you get you have Camazots who can put out the terrifying aura. Yeah. You know, you've got all your army who are inducing fear against them. You know, and yep. it's all in the form of pins, and that is very uh, functional and tactical. Yep. 
Which is paired with their toughness and superior weaponry, too. Just not oh, their yeah. base units. Yeah. Which, I mean, we can talk about when we get to melee weapons or hand-to-hand weapons, how devastating some of those are. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's pretty much it for the ranged weapons, so we can move right into... Yeah, melee. I think so. I mean, we don't... Uh, aside from the Chachapoya, the, they will have some new weapons that will be introduced. The, the, I don't believe the Taina will bring in any new weapons to the... Mm, they to will. The, they will. All right, so, so to summarize oh, the okay. ranged weapons, right? Yep. The only weapons in the future that will be used to as thrown weapons, melee weapons that you can throw in a charge, are the tomahawk and the spear. Mm-hmm. The rock will be will be transitioning to only a hand to hand. No, a ranged weapon. Oh, I'm sorry, a, a ranged, ranged weapon. weapon. Yes. So we won't even probably call it thrown rock at that point. We'll just call it a rock. Right. And that's yeah. where the rock will live in the ranged weapon um, uh, chart. Right. Um, and then sh- expect short bows, which are going to be shorter range. That's right. That's right. With short strength bows. Uh, bumps uh, also coming along with the Taino. Yeah. Okay. And then, yeah, because then Chachapoya will introduce the the darts. Oh, yeah. The blowguns. Yeah. And blowguns. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that'll update, and we'll add the, the harpoons, and that'll update the, um, the, the, chart. The, the, the chart. Okay. So hand-to-hand weapons. So the first one on there is rock, which will go away. Yeah, so we're not even going to consider the rock anymore, and there aren't any units out there, as I said, that use rocks right now as yep. hand-to-hand weapons. So the most basic of a hand-to-hand is going to be the club. <clears throat> it really is just a weapon. Yeah, there's nothing special about it. No, nope. you know, you're beating someone with a stick. That's your. This is our default weapon. And then you would move up. I mean, just going down the list, the next one is the tomahawk. One of my personal favorites, actually. I think it's, I mean, A, it's historically awesome. Mm-hmm. You'll notice that our tomahawks are not metal. Mm-hmm. Um, as of right now, we're just, we're, they're mostly stone mm-hmm. um, um, by the most part there. Or they're some kind of, not a proper tomahawk, but a club uh, shaped uh, in, in almost like a gun butt kind of uh, shape. So it's got a sharper corner that. Once again, crack skulls pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the tomahawk that we're using is is uh, less of a metal tool, right, or a metal right, weapon, right. Um, so as we mentioned, it can be thrown in the charge, but um, it's also giving you a strength bump, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's it makes for the mohawks to be a pretty it's pretty awesome lethal hand to hand. Gives them very ver- it makes them very versatile, right? Yes, it so. Does. Not only can they hit you hard in hand to hand, they're going to get those extra attacks, whether they're charging or being charged. Yep. Yeah, agreed. They're another one of those scary units that are um, um, that surprise people, I should say. Yes. Yeah. And you would normally say, "Oh, I'm just going to sit back and try and uh, deplete them before they get to me." But there's so many tricks that the nations can use to yep. protect them. Yep. And as long as you're keeping them in woods and maybe just flashing them around the, the it's pretty table, awesome. Yeah. It's Agreed. tough to do that simple yep. defense, you know. Um, let's see. Then you have the knife or the dagger. That's just a step up from the club, giving you a little strength bump. Mm-hmm. But other than that, there's no special use. And that's mostly seen on spellcasters, archers, yeah. or yep. units that really aren't meant for dedicated hand-to-hand purposes. Correct. But... It's reasonable enough to say, you know, they have something a bit more formidable than a club. Right. And and they're somewhat trained in, in you know, 
being part of a fighting force. Mm -hmm. And you compare that to, say, the Taino civilians, which aren't trained at all. They're just mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, we're being attacked. Everybody, right. come on, let's help. Right. Let's let's be let's get the community together to yep. to uh, address this attack. You know, and well, you don't have any weapons other than a stick. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, but a, a high priestess or a priestess or a high priest or an oracle or someone who may have a dagger for, you know, whether it's a metal gold, you know, or metal or or a obsidian dagger for sacrificial purposes, that kind of stuff makes sense. Right. Mm -hmm. So some of the da so the daggers kind of make sense, but they're not varied. You know, we don't have a bunch of assassins running around with daggers. Correct. Um. We have the, um, the the Incas have several. Um, well, you know what? Just talking about the axe, the sword, and the mace, right? Pretty much all the same type of weapon, um, just different names. You know, different flavors. Because it allows us to um, to cover different peoples by not, you know, if it's giving everyone giving us a little design flexibility for with what we actually get to model depending on the force. So there's a reason for that, for them. We can just, we could have just gone with axe or, but again, uh, some of the, some of those weapons would feel less natural on some of the units. So we need to have these kind of three different types of weapons so that we have more design space to play with. The one that I was interested in, in this is the fist. The fist is something that I feel will also go the way of the Dodo um, in the sense because the club is becoming our our um, kind of default mm -hmm. weapon, and the fist becomes almost three steps removed. You know, when are you going to have a, a situation where a model is going to be disarmed? Mm -hmm. One, you know, uh, where they're only going to be fighting with their you know with their hands. Yeah. Uh, and at that point, I think it's just you know it just almost that becomes very very scenario driven. Yeah. So I feel yeah. like this is something that uh, will 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 no longer be listed as a weapon of choice. Right, just, right. You know. and, and I think it ends up being, you know, if you're, when you're talking about things like monsters using their hands, then we tend to point them with claws. Or, or a tail we, or, or something. Or something like yeah. that, yeah. So Fist, I think, is, you know, it was I, I, I know the intention as to why we put it there, um, but I think it's it's totally unnecessary and it just takes up a line. Yeah, I agree. I, with I you. think even in the fiction of the missions, it's two forces that are ready for combat. They're right. They're yeah. there for a purpose. So everyone, you know, has something to fight with. Right. right. If you left your weapon at home, you're not going to make it too far. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So fist is not. It's something that's going to go away uh, as a weapon of choice here. Uh, copper headed axe. That's just a historical uh, axe. That's uh, honestly a very good weapon uh, of choice for the Incas. Um, and I think it's it's something that uh, whenever you add one to a fight value, uh, and and two strength, that's an awesome weapon. Yeah, that's yeah. gonna that's gonna cause some pain. Yeah, that's you're 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 hitting easier, and you're wounding easier. So it's definitely something that I, I feel is it's an elite weapon for sure. Right, and and actually it's it's pretty much identical to the Makawito. Yes. Um, where you're getting, you know, it, it's just a different method of how that strength um, is being transferred, if that makes any sense. So, yep. you know, you got a copper-headed axe where where you have an axe that's actually has a metallic head yep. versus the Makawito, which is, you know, these primitive clubs with the obsidian, sharp, sharp obsidian. Yep. Um, so they're they're both going to be doing a lot of strength damage, yep. you know, and they're, they're only going to be used by trained 
troops. Uh, troops. Right. Yep. Agreed. So that's why you're getting your fight. More belt. of, I would say, like formal military weapons, right? Like, yeah. like the yeah, precursor to like a standard issue weapon that they would give to soldiers. Yeah. That's what that's trying to represent. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Machina is another uh, Inca weapon mm-hmm. uh, without the benefit of the extra strength. Uh, but um, a weapon that makes it easier for you to hit. Right, right. Um, We didn't give this one extra strength, um, I think, because, I know, because we wanted it to just have the purpose of encouraging going out to, um, uh, with more, uh, a larger unit size to get more hits. Right. Mathematically sort of works out. Exactly, yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a nice choice. It's It just gives you uh, the ability to run a, a different style of unit. As right, and that's one of the things that I think is so uh, refreshing for the Incas. They have options for their warriors, and they're modeled yeah. with them. You know, So that's cool. You can have a unit of copper-headed axes, and they're all going to look like they have copperhead, or yep. you can have the the unit with the machinaz yep. and, and or spears, you know, yeah. which yeah. we haven't talked and, about. And Jaguar Warriors the same way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the spear a second. Uh, that is um, a very standard weapon that was used by many cultures. You know, it's going to give you a strength buff, and, of course, you know, you can use it during the charges, which is mm-hmm. very, very beneficial. Yep. So um, one of my favorite weapons actually yeah i mean it's great on pretty much everybody yeah it's yeah. uh i i think if you have a choice you should always try to run a unit or two with uh with spears um in in some ways also uh, it just makes it um visually it really kind of helps mm-hmm. uh to mm-hmm. see a bunch of warriors with spears yeah, yeah. Uh, from that point of view there's a couple of extra weapons that aren't even on here um the children of zabalta have their own um kind of weapon oh their spear of mm, it might be spear of the gods actually yeah uh which is pretty awesome yeah that has his own rules right again that's not listed on on this chart Mm. um and you'll see that as as um as we move along you know we'll start you know adding things and then we'll go and and update Mm -hmm. um charts well i think you know part of what what drove our original charts was uh, trying to get the weapons that were used across factions, you know, as opposed to those ones that are unique. I mean, we didn't succeed because there's still some of that stuff here, but, you know, like the children of Jababa, you know, with their pierce spears, mm-hmm. you know, that's a whole different level of yep. weaponry. And it's very specialized to that unit because they are kind of like, you know, giant wear jaguar. Yeah, and I, it, it, um, there's a there's a bunch of you who are new to uh, Mythic Earth and uh, Mythic Americas. Uh, just a little bit, I know we're going long here, but just a little bit of a, an explanation. I think we mentioned this in the last podcast, but you know, Mythic Americas is kind of like the central focus for Mythic Earth, uh, kind of where we're uh, um, moving along the planet, uh, starting from and focused on, on the Americas. But one of the things that's kind of... Um, uh, important for some of the some of the new players out there is, you know, our goal this year was to really just get the eight core forces designed, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Play test it, design, and and that was a, a mission that we were on because you know once we took over all production and design, we really felt that we need to have eight forces. Folks ask, oh, you should add this unit, that unit, the other unit. Absolutely, we want to. We will continue to add units to each uh, specific force, but we wanted to get all eight forces out 
done on the tabletop, and then we can really start uh, expanding. And that includes weapons. That includes weapon types, uh, historical weapons, um, and that includes how we kind of integrate them into different the different forces. So this chart, or these two charts, I should say, are a good example of the kind of creative flexibility that we're that we introduce into the game. Mm-hmm. And as our force numbers, I mean, I I don't even know that we have a list of the Polynesian kingdoms uh, yet. I don't know that we've you know kind of narrowed down what we want to do with with uh, the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's a bunch of weapons that are going to be coming that are a historical uh, and flavorful to those forces. So um, as we move along, we'll continue to add units, different units, different monsters, different behemoths and different weapons. Um, it's still a, a developing project as it were. Anything else, Suge? I think that's it. Um, at some point, it'd be fun to actually go into the lore of some of the weapons. Cause I know a lot of the categories changed kind of, culture to culture and like we were kind of touching on before it makes sense from a gameplay perspective to just generalize certain categories but maybe through an article or some discussion on the podcast even we talk about different weapons used by cultures because some of them are honestly quite more advanced especially when you get into the Aztecs and, and the Inca than you'd think they would have you yeah know? Um, one of my favorite ones, I think we talked about it a long time ago, is uh, the Aztecs actually had a longbow. It had a pretty big bow. It was that one with the with the, the yes, arrows I remember that. Like that. Center. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. weird looking, and and that was apparently a very very advanced weapon for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and and again, it's you got to think about it from a game design point of view. It's in a way, it's easier, but it's also much harder. If we were designing a, another historical game. Uh, with more Vikings, more Celts, more whatever, Romans, more, you know. It's easy uh, because everybody's running and designing to the same type of weapon, right? Yeah. Um, and maybe it's harder because you got to somehow make it fresh, you know. Um, with our game, you know, we're playing around with a bunch of weapons that really haven't seen a whole lot. I'm not saying they've never been done, but a lot of these have either not been done in a long time or never been done um but i i it's it's harder it's harder to kind of balance the, that concept that idea there's those mm-hmm. longbows are phenomenal yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. right that's that's in and of itself it's a whole new unit that we would introduce to the aztecs which i think would be fantastic um but that you know that will come with time it's mm-hmm. just we need to get through these eight forces well i also think that um you know how you integrate those weapons a bow is a bow is a bow however the Western Fed has a lot of bows. And they're so good with them. And they're very good with them. Yeah. And, you know, so now all of a sudden, instead of having the Incas being the prime, you know, ranged attackers because they are, you know, an armored force and they have, you know, magic that can boost them. Well, that's good if you have, you know, a whole bunch of units of archers might be hard to take objectives if that's all you're bringing right but the western fed has this variety of units all with uh, almost every one of them has bows and now all of a sudden you know that that mixes your melee and your range in one force you know and it plays very different than any of the others and uh, and actually we were we were preparing for this conversation i went back you know, we do this on a regular basis with the core rules. Uh, you know, we have to, you know, we play the games and all this other stuff. But actually, I haven't sat down with all the force rosters, including the Taino and the Chachapoya together, just mm-hmm. to kind of, just as a gamer, to like read the forces mm-hmm. and look at 
what they do and their weapons. And there's a lot of awesome, cool stuff, new stuff that a lot of players, a lot of gamers haven't had a chance to play. All of which will be expanded once we get into the RPG book as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a fun exercise. So, if if anything, to just sit down and and, and uh, check out the forest rosters together uh, with the weapon charts and imagine all the units that we're going to be adding, uh, or at least thinking about adding, in the near future with all the different types of weapons that um, that we haven't even covered yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, makes your head spin a little bit. It does. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I think this is a really good starting point from a weapons chart point of view. Um, and I think um, what we should we, we should consider is um, uh, updating this and getting everything kind of updated for 2.0. You know, sometime in the in the fall. I think that does it for weapons today. You guys are still here. What's happening? Hello. Oh, no. <laughs> I was uh, uh, playing you off. Uh, anyway, so uh, congrats on uh, Mythicaz number 90. Yay, Yay. everybody. And um, that means I get to change the season. By the way, that's kind of how I figured out what the seasons were. We even talk about how it's 94 degrees outside. It's 94 degrees? <laughs> yeah, that's what my car, my car thermometer that's said. crazy. It is hot in Jersey, yeah. but uh, it's, it's, uh, it's summer, people. That's what's supposed to happen. <laughs> Enjoy it. If you have a pool, be in it. Uh, anyway, catch everybody in two weeks, episode 91. I have no idea what we're going to talk about then, but uh, that'll be the last one we do before Gen Con. Talk about Gen Con. Yeah, baby. Yeah.